0: This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news,
1: tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Laravel News Podcast. This is episode 193. Today is June 4th, 2023. And I've got with me Mr. Michael Dorindo. Michael, how's it going, my friend? Got stuck in a real time warp there. June fourth. Wait, 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 wait. I need. It. Yeah. I
0: suppose it is actually June fourth here. I was. I was going to lie about the the date and just say it's tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. June fourth, U.S. time. June fifth, Aussie land time. It is one forty seven p.m. in Aussie land, and it is eleven seventeen in U.S. Central Time land. So fourteen and a half hours. Weird weirdest thing it's
0: crazy 13 crazy yeah
1: yes it is crazy it is hey um i was going to tell you something and i just forgot just forgot it you're gonna tell me about the footy i was so we were watching the second game of the nba finals which i don't know after watching this whole such a good game well yeah it was it was a good game but after watching the whole like uh, that one crooked ref guy Back in the day, that would like you know bet on the games, and I just yeah. can't help but think, like, man, those refs seemed like they really wanted to, really wanted the Heat to win tonight. There was a couple of calls I was like, seriously, really, really, yeah. And, there then, were a couple of and no then another, calls there. Call, there yeah, and a... then a couple of no calls where I was like, really, like nothing on that.
0: There was a couple of no calls. There was, there was a a Jokic, Jokic got three free throws for a foul that just wasn't there at all. I wasn't sure what they called it. No contact. Like I, I mean, I, I think it's good that Miami's there because you know they, from where they came from, eighth from losing the first playing game to kind of getting through. You know, no one, no one expected them to be in the finals, right? So good on them. Good on Denver. You know who are who nodes. are making a historic, making a historic push. You know, it's their first finals. They won their first ever finals game. Jokic had a triple double in his first, you know, yeah, all of ridiculous. that good stuff. Yep. Um and I saw it today in in the the game where every push that Miami made, Denver made a bigger push. Answered. Yeah. Which which happened to which happened to the Lakers. Totally. You know, we got blown out in, in four games. Yeah. And um but Miami, Miami had the, the fourth quarter where Duncan Robinson went on a 9-0 run against the Nuggets by himself. So, good on him. Made, made a series of it. Uh, I've got Nuggets in five.
1: That's what I said yesterday. Literally, the same thing. So, yeah, we'll see. I hope so. I think the Nuggets uh, deserve to win it, and I think they've got the talent to do it. So, I'm excited Absolutely. to see them win. So, that will be fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, while I was there, I actually was watching the televisions and B-dubs with some friends. And um, I was like, no way that's that's check that out and they were like oh that's rugby i'm like no that's not rugby i said that is aussie (laughs) rules football i was like they call it footy they're like really they're what are the rules i was like i have no idea i was like i've looked it up twice i've tried to remember the rules i was like you can't you can't pass with your hands you have to you have to kick the ball and i was like then they spot the ball and i said people get destroyed because they don't wear helmets and they throw these dudes up in the air and they just like you know kill each other and i was like it's like a big circle is it actually a circle field
0: uh, it's a, it's an oval, okay, it's but an oval. it's like, I think it's like twice the size of a uh, American footy field.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I was like, it's, I told them that I was like, it's a huge field. And then there's like field goal posts at either end. Right. So there's like four of them. Do you have to get it between the two middle ones or is mm-hmm. that just the most points? Two big ones.
0: Yep. The two big ones. You okay. get six points. I mean, you can get it through the, the others, but you only get uh, only one point if it goes through there. Okay.
1: And is there any other such thing as like a touchdown or is it always just kick it through the uprights? You have to kick it. Just have to kick it through the uprights. Okay. Okay, that's cool. So I think I I think I was pretty much right. It's
0: there. funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny hearing the terminology. It's funny hearing the terminology that you used to describe what,
1: it. What did I use? What did I say? Well, the uprights. The uprights. The uprights. Yeah. We we'll call them the, the goal posts and the behind posts. The bo- okay, goal posts and behind posts. I've watched some highlight videos and seen some of the shots that those guys make from, like, you know, they're directly, it looks like they're directly in line with those posts and somehow sneak it between those things. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Those guys are crazy talented. It's very, it's, very cool.
0: It's uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty impressive to watch. Yeah. Some, sometimes you just, you wonder how. Like sometimes even the players, they, you know, they get up and they know that they've pulled one out. Yeah.
1: And I guess the, the other thing that was cool is the stadiums are massive, right? like huge huge yeah
0: yeah most most of the venues here are sort of fifty, sixty thousand. 60,000 um the i think the new one that they built in Perth in Western Australia a couple of years ago is seats i think it's 80,000 and then the MCG which is the biggest like it's the the home of of Aussie rules footy is uh seats about 100,000
1: okay yeah so, so yeah they they big big and stadiums it was packed and that's out. like it was just a regular game i think today and this is packed like there's there's yeah. not a seat open yeah that's pretty cool.
0: Yep, fairly standard, you know, especially yeah. between the big Victorian clubs when they play the MCG, it's, it's generally, you know, 80,000
1: yeah, there. That's wild. In a, in a regular season wild. game. So anyway, I felt I felt very cultured tonight. I was like, "Oh yeah. Aussie not Aussie <laughs> rule. Aussie, Aussie Aussie rules football. Aussie, that's Aussie right. With said. That's right. Well, hey, um thanks everybody for joining us and uh for uh listening to our little intro rant here. But uh let's get started with uh a shout out to Honey Badger, our sponsor. Thanks so much, Honey Badger, for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate their uh faithful sponsorship to Laravel News. We're gonna get started with the releases. So we've got Laravel 10.12 released. Let's talk about this. This was a released May 25th, is what it says. We blogged about it the 25th. It was released the 23rd. So here we go conditional sleep. So Brady Tilly contributed the ability to add conditions to the new sleep class that was introduced in Laravel 1010. We talked about this on the last show. And you can do a chained unless or when method onto the end of this. And we've seen this a couple other things like the uh, scheduler in the uh, console kernel. So you can say, uh, schedule it for this time unless, and then you can pass a closure or schedule this time when... This this closure, right? And so uh, you have those unless or whens uh, now, which either accept a truthy statement or a truthy Boolean, uh, or you can pass in a closure and it will evaluate that closure at the time when it's supposed to be doing that sleep. So thank you, Brady, for that one. You have a new job timeout occurred event. So Saeed Hassini contributed a job timeout event that a queue worker fires when the job has timed out. So if you have a job that is uh, attempting to work and the queue worker hits the limit for how long it should be before it will time out, it will raise this job timed out event. And then you can listen for that and handle that appropriately. Nuno Maduro, the man, the myth, the legend. I know he's listening right now because the last time I was hanging out with him, he said he listens to this every time. So yes. Nuno, thanks for listening. And he contributed an in inline attachment support for Markdown mailables. So This pull request fixes markdown access to the message variable on the template by simply lazy rendering the markdown uh, the moment the message variable is uh, available uh, as view data. So it says markdown mailables don't allow image embedding in HTML templates. And so this makes it available. So you can now add image embeds in HTML in in markdown templates, I think is the idea here. Right. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yep, yep 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 that's that that was the fix so uh that was merged so you should be able to do that now which is nice we've got a method not allowed http assertion so asm court uh cord power or cord poor contributed an assertion for http status 405 we talked about this also um uh, a couple shows ago where we have and when you're testing you want to test a response to see what type of response you're getting so you can say assert C status or assert status, and then you can just pass a number, right? So you could say assert status 200, or you can say assert okay. Or you can say something like assert status 503, or you can say assert unauthorized, right? So these are just these different named methods that you can use instead of saying assert status, whatever. So this is an assertion for an HTTP status 405, which is a not allowed return code. Uh, that you can use to verify a route doesn't respond to certain HTTP verbs. So, yeah, so that's it. So you say this post, you know, your route, and then assert method not allowed is the thing that you chain on to the end, and that will check to see if there is a 405 response code. So just a little bit of syntactic sugar there for you. Uh, Volodya Kirstian, uh contributed a force create quietly method to Eloquent that forces the creation of a model without triggering any model events. So. You have these things of create quietly. Uh, So what create quietly does in your tests is if you have a bunch of event listeners or sometimes, you know, inside the model itself, uh, you'll have on the booted event, you go ahead and hook in to that event and on creating, you might do something special or on updating, you might do something special. If you say create quietly, uh, or I think you have something like update quietly, those sorts of things. It will update mm-hmm. or create without firing those events, which is nice. I'm not exactly sure what force create quietly does. You know, what the difference is between create quietly and force create quietly. I, best, I bet if I look at the pull request, it would tell me. I could tell you. Yeah, could you? Go ahead. Yeah,
0: so force create is when you want to ignore any of the fillable or guarded properties on your model. Ah, um, there we go. I, typically when you like, wants to set a a model's properties that are otherwise guarded or protected by eloquent sure when i i I use it a fair bit in tests where you know i'm not accepting user input so i don't care or when i am explicitly setting a value on a model that i know is otherwise guarded so if i'm doing some override in a in a user-facing system you know we still have the protection at the at the model level for inadvertent sort of mass assignment but if you explicitly want to set a particular value for something then you can do it this way using the the force force create quietly um and force create sorry is the is the method typically there's also like force force fill if you're updating an existing model and then force force create quietly in this context is you know doing that force create but without firing any
1: model events nice very nice okay true that makes sense we also have Art Yam Yavdoshchuk. Oh boy, you got all the tricky names this week. Yavdoshchuk, Art Yam Yavdoshchuk, and uh, there's support for using parameters with the time zone validation rule. Okay, so you know, as as you have with Laravel, a bunch of uh, built in validation rules. so You have like string, you have alphanumeric, you have integer, you have size, you have Boolean, confirm, you have all these different types of validation rules that are built in. Well, did you know that there is also a time zone validation rule? I believe what the time zone validation rule does right now, uh, or previous to this, is that it just makes sure that the value that's passed in matches up with one of the defined accepted string values for time zones in PHP. So Australia slash Sydney is a time zone that would be accepted, right? Uh, I think America slash Chicago is is one of them. Well, now you, you previously couldn't specify any parameters for the time zone validation rule. We'll just say, hey, just make sure it's a valid time zone. Just period, it's a valid time zone. Well, now you can things do things like time zone colon Africa. This will accept accept only time zones that are for Africa. You could say time zone all with. BC, which means all time zones that have backward compatibility, you could say time zone colon per country comma US meaning this only accepts US time zones. So this would be really interesting if you need to restrict what time zones are allowed, you don't have to go create your own custom rule. Now you can just pass a parameter to the time zone uh, validation rule in Laravel and you should be able to get uh, most of the way there with that. So that's pretty cool. It's one of those things you're likely going to have to go look at the documentation for. It's not super intuitive uh, what the signatures are going to be for those parameters, uh, but they are available now. So there you have it. That is 10.12. Thank you so much for all the contributors on that one. On to 10.13.
0: Very nice. 10.13 was released with a few new features, the first of which is the hash is hashed method. Gunther de Brouwer contributed an ishashed method that wraps the native password getInfo call and determines if a string is already hashed. This means this method can be mocked and isn't locked into the password get info function call to determine hashing. So this is if you wanted to check the string that you've been passed if it's already hashed so you don't end up, you know, double hashing it and doing string comparison and things like that or hash comparison using the, the hash equals functionality in PHP. So thanks to Gunter for that. Next up, Tobias Petrie, who had previously contributed database expressions with grammar-specific formatting, which we've spoken about on the podcast before, has followed up with escaping functionality within the grammar class. Quoting here now, to solve the problem, I am proposing a solution to add support for database grammars to escape any value for safe embedding into SQL queries. PHP provides this natively with the PDO quote method. This allows for individual connection instances, for example, the Postgres connection, to implement database-specific escaping, meaning you wouldn't have to use raw driver-specific queries to escape values if you're using these database expressions. You can check out pull request 46558 for more details. We spoke a couple of episodes ago about this new sleep class, or this sleep facade that Tim Tim McDonald had contributed, and this one, which is something that I'm excited about because I thought... At the time of talking about it, this was something that happened, but turns out it was not. Um, He's contributed the ability to register a callback to execute while sleeping in a test. And so what this allows you to do is instead of just making assertions that some degree of sleep was run, this will actually allow you to go sleep colon colon when faking sleep, Ah, which will accept a closure that is past the slept duration as a carbon interval and allows you to do other manipulations of that. For example, you would advance time. So, if you, the, the issue that I had run into, and I think I described last time, was where we sleep within a test between calls to an external API system. And so we will keep retrying every, or 460 seconds with a sleep of five seconds in between. Now, the problem that we had run into previously was that because we were using carbon set test now or the date set test now functionality which freezes time in place would not advance every time we slept and so when we slept for you know up to 60 second timeout where we would expect for the test to then just fail it would just keep trying forever because we didn't get response from the lender API so this when faking sleep allows us to use the sleep facade to then sleep for five seconds you know on each call without actually waiting five seconds and using this new functionality to also advance time between each of those sleep requests. So just tying all of this kind of stuff together around mocking time and advancing time within your test so that you can, quote, sleep for 60 seconds without actually having that test run for 60 seconds. So I will be running out to implement this functionality after we get off this recording. Next up, Volodya Kurush did You got this one as well, didn't you? Didn't you got some too. <laughs> yep, same same guy, I think. Volodya Kershudian contributed a few status code assertion conveniences, again, that are alternatives to asserting the status codes directly. So we've got a new assert not modified, and assert temporary redirect, permanent redirect, and assert not acceptable. These methods themselves can be controversial. Should this be in the framework or not, you can feel free to use them, or you can just use the uh, response assert status and then the numeric code value, if that's what you prefer. Next up, and again, and lastly, Tim McDonald contributed new response events to tap into the moment of preparing and after a response is prepared, which allows for some interesting abilities, such as logging queries between preparing response and response prepared events. As illustrated in the example here, you could throw an exception if any queries get executed during a preparing response event, or log them out in production. So you could log your queries if you wanted while you are preparing the response. And then once the response is prepared, you could stop logging those queries. And then if you've got uh, log queries there, you could um, log them in production or you could just throw an exception directly. Very vague explanation of the example as always, but we'll have links to that (laughs) and all of the new changes and additions and fixes in
1: Laravel 10.13 in the show notes. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, uh, we're going to move on to news here. And in the news, uh, we're talking about Laravel precognition. Now, this is something that Taylor talked about at the last Laracon online. So the idea behind a Laravel precognition is this. This is something that's to be used with, I believe it was originally inertia. But I don't think it has to be inertia anymore. You can now use it just with Vue or Vue and inertia or React or React and inertia or Alpine and Blade. So this is really nice. The Alpine and Blade part is is pretty cool, uh, which I haven't actually looked specifically at that. But let me tell you exactly what Laravel Precognition sort of allows you to do and, and sort of the pitch for it. What it does is it allows you to anticipate the outcome of a future HTTP request. This is why it's called Precognition, right? One of the primary use cases is the ability to provide live validation for your front-end JavaScript application without having to duplicate your application's back-end validation rules, right? I feel like we've all had this challenge before. So, you know, what we always say is um, validate on the front-end, but only trust the validation that happens on the back-end. Your validation on the front end is sort of like a toy validation almost. Sometimes it feels like it. It's like you're doing as good of a job as you need to to kind of give the user some feedback. But the ultimate hardcore validations should be happening on the server, right? Well, the good part about it is this is it lets you share the validation rules from the back end to the front end. So if you write your validation rules in a uh, Laravel controller or in a Laravel form request. What it will do is precognition will essentially send a request from the front end, but it is tagged as a precognitive request. It then looks at the route, resolves that middleware. Or sorry, it looks at the route, resolves where it's supposed to go, and then it looks at the route's controller dependencies, news all those up, including their valid, including their form requests. But it doesn't actually execute the controller method. It just executes the validation. Sends the validation response back to the front end. The front end then re, then renders the errors and displays them to the user on the front end, thus eliminating the need to duplicate the validation logic on the front end. So that's that's the promise that's being made here uh, that precognition is trying to deliver on. So this was sort of teased again in the in the spring of twenty 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 two. I want to say. And so it's been a while since it was sort of, or maybe it was the fall, I think it was maybe the fall of 2022, but the Laravel team took the original version, polished it up and made it available now. So there's instructions, as I said, for precognition uh, with Vue, React, Vue and Inertia, React on Inertia, and as well as Alpine. So all you really have to do to get started with it is composer install it. Then you have to add a middleware for handling precognitive requests on either a group or route group, or you can do it per, per route. Then you have to uh, install Laravel Precognition module, depending on what you're using, if it's Vue or React or Inertia. And then what happens is as the user fills out the form, Precognition will handle live validation output, uh, which is powered by those Laravel validation rules. And this is really easy to set up on the front end. You just say on change form.validate and then pass in the form, the form input ID, right? So name or email or whatever. uh, And then have a place where the errors should be displayed so you still have to implement it on the front end Uh, you can implement it however you'd like uh, but this will handle tying together the back end and the front end for you and then there's also some handy methods for determining the validation of fields inside of you know whatever framework using view or react so you have things like form has errors Form valid email? Is it a valid email? Or form invalid email? Or form validating? Is it in a validating state? Is it you know? Do you need to show a spinner right now because it's validating? So there's some documentation for this. Uh, great documentation as always. And you also have a couple of things for the server side. Like is you have request is precognitive, uh, which is a just a boolean check to see if the request that's being made to the server is a precognitive request. Um, I'm imagining also that this is this was written for validation, but I can imagine people using this in other ways as well. It says like this is its primary use, uh, but there may be some other things you could do with this too if you got really creative and decided to just bastardize this thing and I'll do all sorts of crazy stuff with it as as Lara de La developers tend to do yeah so that's precognition pretty cool, and it is available for installation today, starting right now. Uh, I'm looking to see also what the requirements are as far as if it's, I bet, I'm betting it's 10 and above is what I would guess. Laravel 10 and above. Uh, I don't I know that for so. sure, but that's what I would guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There we have it. Hey, I'm going to let you take the next one while I plug in my laptop because I tend to do this on occasion where I just say, you know what? I'm just going to try and get through this show without plugging my laptop. in, even though it's at like 20% and it's not going to work. So I'm going to let you handle this next one while I plug in. Go ahead, my friend.
0: Easy. The next one here is a Faker Stripe package, which is a provider for the Faker PHP library that generates fake but structurally correct IDs for Stripe API resources. Stripe has quite a few different resource types, but this package has well over 50 different Faker methods. So if you've ever had to um, create tests where you're kind of simulating... Stripe values, whether it's, you know, payment intent IDs or Stripe Connect accounts or financial connections or subscriptions or anything like that, you know, that Stripe uses kind of like a, a human readable prefix, like sub underscore or PI underscore, or something like that. And then they've got a random string after it. And the, and the strings themselves can vary in length depending on what they are. So this, this provider is something that hooks into PHP, uh, faker php that allows you to then expose all of these different methods on the faker instance so you have something like faker arrow stripe core payment intent id or stripe connect account id or stripe financial connection account id this is a nice little package that kind of wraps up the this this functionality in faker called like Botherify and numerify and lexify which allows you to say i want to generate a random string or a random combination of letters and numbers where you know there is a letter and then three numbers and then two letters and then one number and things like that. Um, so this kind of just wraps that up in a Stripe-flavored piece of functionality for you. Um, so that is the Faker PHP Stripe provider. We have links to that for you in the show notes.
1: Very nice. Okay, next up, as my friend Michael Dorinda always says, next up, we have a new connector for fly system. So the connect that we're talking about today is Upload Care File System Adapter. So I was looking at this to see what the what the deal is. If you've ever used something like Filepond, right? It, or, well, let's say, let, let's do this. Let's say, have you ever used a native file uploader? So you have a little button and you click it and it sort of opens up the browser window or the Explorer or Finder or whatever, depending on what platform you're on. And lets you choose one and then you can click it, but it doesn't always allow you to have like more than one, like sometimes, you know, You can do like a multi-select deal, but it doesn't always look great, right? It's just like a, just a very plain vanilla looking sort of field. Uh, It's kind of hard to tell if it actually uploaded already or not, or what the deal is with that. So back in the day, uh, I started using Filepond and Filepond was really great. You can kind of drag and drop up onto there and it'll show you a little progress bar with the upload and show you some errors or you could do thumbnails or whatever, right? Well, upload care is sort of, that upload care is a obsessively friendly file uploader. So it's HTML, HTML5 uploader widget, uh, and underlying API, uh, which fit into your stack, tick every box and look great on any device, including phones, which is really nice. So what we have here in this package is this is a upload care file system adapter for Laravel. So what it does is it makes it easy to use the upload care API in Laravel 10 apps. So what you could do now is a storage disk, uh, and you have this adapter, right? So you just have in your filesystem.php, you're going to define a new disk. And with that disk, you're going to define a driver, upload care, uh, I believe is what it is. So now you can use that disk, that storage disk, anywhere inside your application to put get UUID or put file get UUID or put file as get UUID, whatever, and uh, this is going to allow you to interact with that API in a way, way that's going to make sense after reading their documentation. You can get the contents of a file. You can delete a file just like you would expect to do uh, if you were using storage. Uh, sorry, fly system. If you're working with images, the package author has a transformations package that provides image manipulation tools. So this sounds similar to uh, what's the other one? Oh, boy. ordinary. I use it all the time. I just can't remember what it's called. Cloudinary. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. You got it. Yep. Cloudinary. Yeah. Cloudflare also has their own. (laughs) Cloudflare does have one too, but Cloudinary is the one I was thinking of. You (laughs) are correct. Uh, But it looks like UploadCare also has their own transformations package that allows image manipulation as well. Mm -hmm. So with this, you can say uh, new UploadCare transformation. You pass it the UUID. You pass the CDN's URL and then you can do a transformation like cropping and setting the center and all those sorts of fun things. So... You can install this package via composer. uh we will show that up in the show notes. you can link up to that in the show notes. I'll have to take a look at this one uh, I'm always interested to find a better uploader um, specifically for phones. It can be a little bit of a trick uh if you know does it actually look good mm-hmm. on phones and if this one does, then that might be something I'm interested in switching over to so I think that filepond does a decent job, but this one's a little bit more modern uh so might have to take the might have to take a look at this one. so there you have it my friends upload care
0: well it looks nice it's um it's always a bit of a bother switching between these kind of things you know trying new upload platforms um and then going back and and retrofitting it into your existing thing and making sure everything works and you know let's face it your code when you do that is going to have errors and even though you're an amazing developer it's still going to happen and when those errors happen it's nice to know that honey badger has your back Honey Badger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error, uptime, and check-in monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform, and they'll send you alerts in real-time with all the context needed to see what's causing the error and where it's hiding so you can quickly fix it and get on with your day. The included uptime and cron monitoring also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or silently fail. You can go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrap monitoring solution, which is important. Because as a self-funded company, it means they only answer to you the developer and not a venture capital overlord. You can check them out at honeybadger.io. Thank you so much for being a longtime sponsor of the Laravel News Podcast.
1: Very nice. Alright. Very nice. Very nice, very good. Okay, we've got another go ahead. You want you wanna take this you wanna take this next one?
0: Let's do it.
1: Let's do it.
0: I love I love Blade. And I love Sparcy. And this new package combines Both. both of those things. The Laravel Blade Comments package by Sparcy allows you to debug comments, or sorry, to add debug comments to your rendered blade template output. When looking at the HTML of a rendered page, it may not be obvious to you anymore which blade view is responsible for which output HTML. This package will add HTML before and after each rendered view, so you immediately know from which blade view or component you have to go and look at to change so if you're using you know if you're using a fairly flat structure and blade it's probably not as important you know if it's all just like a layout and the and and then your page you kind of know where you're at but in in more modern sort of bigger laravel applications you might find that you've got a lot of includes and a lot of components and a lot of nested components and things like that Mm -hmm. and so what this will actually do for you is it will put some html comments in the rendered html that you can look at in the browser which will show you the view that was generated, the route that it was generated on, and any extends that have taken place. And then it will show you, you know, start and end sections and includes and all of that kind of stuff. Um, So to use the package, you can check it out at spacy slash laravel dash blade dash comments on GitHub. Frank also, as he often does, or almost always does, I think, wrote about the package, sharing some valuable tips along the way, including the blade precompiler method. So you can check that out. We'll have links to all of that, as always, of course, in your show notes.
1: Very nice. Going along with that, we also have another SPASI package. So there's the Laravel server monitor package. And this was released a while ago. We've actually talked about this on the show before. Uh, What this Laravel server monitor does is it runs using Laravel's built-in scheduler, uh, running every minute to see what checks must be done. So The original package, I believe, ships with, let me go ahead and look and read it off here. There is a disk space check. There is an Elasticsearch check, a Memcached check, and a MySQL check. And then it also has some notifications built in to say like, hey, do you want to be notified when it's succeeded, when it's restored, when it's warning, when it's been failed? And then, uh, of course, with this, the other really nice benefit to this is they make it extendable. So you can add any other checks that you want. So if you have custom checks that you're wanting to see, like in our instance, we would want to say, hey, is our legacy database application up and running? Can I check that every minute, please? And if it fails, let me know when it's down and then let me know when it comes back up, right? So that's the the really nice thing about this is it doesn't only provide these server checks for things that they shipped with the package, but it makes it easy for you to make your own. Well, that's exactly what this new package does. It has extra server monitor checks for Spassi's server monitor package. So the specific package that we're talking about provides extra custom checks, including a CPU load check, Redis process check, Redis memory check, a horizon command to make sure that the artisan command is running to ensure the horizon supervisor D process is running a horizon worker check, a queue worker check, and a DB connection count check. So we have a couple of examples here that you could provide uh, with the following configuration. So you could have CPU load, uh, one minute threshold, 1.6, five minute threshold, 1.2, and 15 minute threshold, 1.1. 1. 1. So you can specify, hey, if it's been more than a minute and it's been over 1.6, go ahead and alert me. If it's been more than five minutes and it's been over 1.2, alert me. If it's been more than 15 minutes and it's been over 1.1, 1. 1, please alert me. So there's some really... Um, granular checks here, if you'll notice, it's not only talking about when it spikes to 1.1 alert me, it's a duration, right? If it spikes over this amount for longer than this period of time, then Mm -hmm. alert me. Um, There's another one for the example, uh, sorry, for the horizon checks. So you can say artisan command processes one. So you could specify any number that you'd want there. Hey, make sure that at least there are this many command processes running. You can say uh, you can specify how many supervisor processes should be running the min number of worker processes and the max number of worker processes. Um, Again, as we stated at the beginning of this too, there's also the ability to write your own custom Laravel server monitor checks as well, uh, which is really well defined in their documentation under the writing your own checks section. So they make it really easy. They have a, I think they even have a little command that will generate a new check for you so that you have a check definition file, and then you can kind of go through and, specify how it should look at uh, your system to determine if it's in a healthy state or not. So some really good stuff there. If you find yourself having to, uh, you know, if maybe you're paying for a service already, that does like external checks or you have a little agent that you install on, on the machine and, and do some of these things. Uh, if you have a Laravel app already on that machine, maybe you just consider doing this instead. So pretty cool stuff. Thanks Spassi. And thank you to the author of this new package, which allows us to have even more checks available. Perfect. Okay. Hey everybody! Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Episode one ninety three. Find show notes at Laravel, oh sorry, podcast. Laravel slash one ninety three. Podcatcher of choice. Rate it up in five as five stars. That'd be awesome. And uh, if you would like to reach out to us on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorado, or at Laravel News, we would love to hear from you. Until next time, folks. We hope that everything is going wonderfully and well. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye bye. Bye.